Hello, I'm Gary Burgess. Welcome to The ME Show, supported by the ME Association. In this series, I'm meeting the experts and advocates working to raise awareness and understanding of all things ME. In this episode, I'm speaking to the MP, Carol Monaghan. I spoke to her in 2018 in the first series of The ME Show because she just arranged a debate in Parliament. Well, she's done two more since then and is turning into a real advocate for the ME community. Uh, A timely moment to speak to Carol because in the past week, there's been some rather controversial journalism linked to ME. You'll hear more about that during the course of our conversation. Carol Monaghan MP, welcome back to the ME show. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks, Gary. Things are busy in Parliament this week, as you can imagine. So we're we're all kind of running about like headless chickens, but not really knowing what we're trying to achieve. So it's um, interesting times. Why? Is there anything going on? I hadn't noticed. No, not much. <laughs> well, actually, there isn't much, which is part of the problem. Oh. When we should actually be with 10 days to go, doing an awful lot more than we're doing at the moment. Anyway, that's, that's, that's the state of affairs. Right, that is the very last mention of the B word of Brexit for this podcast. Let's get on to the ME word. I spoke to you last year in Series 1 of this podcast podcast and I didn't know too much about you I didn't know lots about ME even at the time as I was learning about my own diagnosis Uh, and and at the time you told me your plan in parliament was a slowly slowly catchy monkey approach to get more politicians to understand ME and and the highs and the lows and the problems and the research and everything else around it and and since then uh, you've you earlier this year established a debate in the house of commons that 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 is Huge progress. Yes, it was. It was really good, actually. I mean, we were very pleased about that. But it was actually the third debate we'd had over the last twelve months. But the first two were in Westminster Hall. Now, Westminster Hall is a debating chamber in Parliament, but it's a much smaller chamber and wouldn't be recognised easily. But this debate that we had in January was in the main chamber um, and was extremely well attended. So it was it was excellent progress. And, and it's not a given that it's well attended because these Thursday debates are often on the day when politicians are heading back to their constituency to do home business. But actually, you had a really good turnout. Yeah, I mean, Thursdays are typically uh, not legislation days, so it would be backbench business, things, items of interest that members may wish to raise, but there won't be any binding votes on a Thursday, unlike Monday to Wednesday. So often that is the day that MPs will travel home to constituencies and try and get work done there. So a typical backbench debate might have between seven and 12 people attending, but we had far more than that. I think we'd over 20 people contributed, but we had more people than that in the actual chamber, which was excellent. And what was the actual point of the debate? Because these these things don't, I guess, get anywhere in terms of legislatively binding. What, what, were, we, what were you trying to achieve? Well, they won't necessarily get anywhere in terms of binding things, but what we can do is try and force the government's hand a little bit because they will draw more attention um, and will raise awareness of a particular issue and can also, especially when we have lots of MPs speaking, 
can really put pressure on the government to make change. And we had we had four very specific asks within the debate. We were asking, because there was a motion for the debate, so we were asking firstly for more money to be spent on biomedical research, which at the moment is is sadly lacking. We asked for an immediate end to graded exercise therapy. We asked for training for GPs. And one of the, the most sinister aspects, I think, of, of ME is that children with ME, often their parents have faced prosecution um, and child protection procedures. So we asked that there was an end of the prosecution of parents of children with ME. So it's four very specific asks. And um, whilst the, the response from the minister wasn't altogether encouraging, it gave us it gives us a platform to to really continue to apply pressure. And, and I guess it also helps that when people are going searching in the Hansard record of Parliament, these things have been said. Yes, these things have been said, and it was interesting because we were doing the research for the debate, and and the previous main chamber debate on ME had taken place twenty years previously. <laughs> What was what was really interesting was that many of the things that were that had been said 20 years ago, we were saying again in January. So it was interesting, but the record is there. It's a permanent record of what is said in Parliament. So people people will see that. Um, so so that's important as well. But but what was what was really quite encouraging from my point of view is a number of MPs who came up to me in the lead up to it and after it saying. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to speak about it. I knew nothing about it, but you forced me to find out, and I've realised it's a massive issue. So really, we're raising awareness, not just amongst members of the public, but also amongst uh, members of Parliament here with this as well. What happens when, in the the aftermath of that positive debate, in just the past few days as we're recording this podcast now, we we suddenly have a, a an Oxford professor researcher saying he's no longer doing ME research because of cyber trolls. Uh, he goes on the Radio Four Today program to give his side of the arguments. And Rod Little writing in the Sunday Times, uh, talking about people with ME wanting to be ill rather than accept help from the psychiatric part of the medical community. That must make your heart sink. Dr. Mark Porter wrote a com- commentary piece on it as well, which was not terribly um, helpful. I, it, it doesn't make my heart sink, actually, Gary. It makes me angry. But um, I think the, the worst thing we can do is get dragged down by these negative reports. This, as far as I'm concerned, the, the likes of uh, Michael Sharp is like a, a, a trapped animal that's fighting he realises now that his back is against the wall and he's um, trying to slander as many people as possible. I certainly wouldn't encourage anybody to be abusive to people, regardless of whether we agree with what they're doing or not. Um, but Michael Sharp has also recognised that the research he has done has not been biomedical research, it's been psychiatric research. So he pretty much proves the point when he says, you know, he's not going to do his research anymore. Great, because we don't want that research done anymore. We want biomedical research done. 
Do you know, I'm glad you've said that because I, I, I wondered whether I was alone in thinking, instead of being angry that he's having a go at cyber, cyber trolls, I, I was just happy he's not carrying on with his research. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> we've got to be quite positive about <laughs> that. I mean, but, but, but Michael Sharp was the, the, one, the person that emailed me before the last June's debate and told me, or, or said he hoped I wouldn't misrepresent his research and that my behaviour was unbecoming of an MP. So, I mean, uh, Michael Sharp, to talk about receiving abuse from other people, is... Um, really receiving some of his own medicine as far as I can see. Absolutely. What goes around comes around. I won't rehash all the arguments during the course of this conversation, but in the show notes that I'll put with the podcast, I'll put some links to the background of Michael Sharp uh, and also the Rod Little article as well. Where, where do you go from here, Carol? I mean, you're doing an amazing amount of work, but you've also got a wider constituency in Glasgow to represent as well. Where, where do you go with your ME work? Yes, I mean, one of, one of the difficulties for MPs is that we have areas of interest or things that we're, we're in, looking to, to make changes for, but ultimately we're constituency MPs and we have to do that as well. So sometimes people from the ME community will, cut, will get in touch and say, what's happening next? What's go-? <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't be doing it all the time. But what we have done um, over the last couple of months since the January debate is, uh, firstly, I've had a meeting with um, the Office of the Minister uh, for Disability, Sarah Newton. Unfortunately, she's now resigned. Um, but we had a meeting with her about DWP assessments for people with ME, um, and we were given some assurances over that. So that was that's quite a positive meeting, and I would urge anybody who is, is having problems in terms of DWP assessments, health assessments, to get in touch with their MPs and highlight, highlight these issues to them. So that's something we've done. And actually, this week on Friday in my office in Glasgow, I'm going to be having an ME afternoon tea, um, and we've called it Let's Talk About ME. Um, so, and that's given people the opportunity, obviously that's a local uh, a local event, but it's given people with ME the opportunity to come together and talk about some of the issues that they're having and they're experiencing. And hopefully we'll hear some personal stories. I want to hear some decent stories as well about success as, yeah. well, as, as well as the difficulties that people have faced. But I'm looking forward to meeting these people and hearing what they have to say. Can I just ask on, on that DWP stuff, if somebody does contact their local MP, I, I guess some people will wonder, does that really make a difference? Do, do MPs generally take this stuff seriously? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the jobs of an MP is to, to respond to constituents' concerns. So if if someone is coming with an issue that they've experienced, then it, the, the MP really does have a duty to raise that with the DWP, either through written questions or um, letters or, or indeed through oral questions in the chamber. So there are, it's, it's a very powerful way for people with ME actually seeing uh, getting a direct link into government. Great. Now, that's good advice. Uh, in, in terms of one of the other issues we've spoken about this series, which is the review of the NICE guidelines in terms of the treatment uh, of ME, uh, where, where are you at? Are, are you plumbed into that process or are you more keeping an, an, an eye on that process from afar? Yeah, I'm keeping 
keeping an eye on it. It's not something that I'm able to influence in any way, nor would I want to. Uh, the people that are best placed to speak about that are the people that are actually um, dealing with the consequences of it. So the patients' um, groups have been are involved. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on what's going on. What, what I do think is a bit frustrating, though, is whilst the review is going on, um, graded exercise therapy continues to be prescribed and I would like to see it completely halted while this review is going on and while we wait for revised NICE guidelines because of course they're not going to be um, published until um, I think autumn 2020 which is a long time to go if, if you're currently undertaking graded exercise therapy. Absolutely and just for clarity that that was one of the four points you raised in your Commons debate but you didn't get any commitments back from the government with regards to that specific issue? Yeah I mean in fairness to the Minister on this point it's not up to a government minister to change NICE guidelines. I suppose that was us just been really just trying to highlight that particular issue so that that was one of the ones that yeah, we, we need to sit back, unfortunately, and and let NICE take take its time to come to its, its conclusions, and hopefully these will be will be ones that we can agree with. So that's not something, unfortunately, that we can really influence. Which is why I'm I'm watching this from the sidelines rather than getting stuck into it. And, and not that I expect you to arrange a debate every day of the week, Carol, uh, but I just wonder, aside of your fabulous afternoon tea, are, are you planning any more debates in, in the, the coming months? Um, I think what we've got now is quite an a interested group of MPs who are getting in touch fairly regularly and asking, right, what are the next steps? What now? How do we, how do we progress this? Oh, do you mean they, they're, they're all talking amongst each other and with you as a result of the debate? Yes, they are. Oh, right. Yes. Now, not all of them, obviously, sure. but many of them are. And one of the things I did following the debate was wrote to everybody that had spoken in the debate to thank them for their contribution. And so many, many of them have come up and thanked me for, the, for my letter. But it just means that these people hopefully are on board for, for the next, whatever the next part of this campaign is. But... Um, yeah, that's, that's quite important that we have MPs now that have some knowledge of, MP, of ME and are willing to be involved in, in whatever we, we um, try and achieve in this area. Let's wrap this up with a bit of hope and positivity. It's what I try to do. What, what is your hope of where we are now on this roller coaster of, of supporting people with ME uh, and finding the appropriate treatments and research? What's, what's your sense of where, where things are at? main things for people with ME is that they want to they want to be believed. They don't want, you know, the likes of Rod Little writing his, his um, <laughs> fairly disgraceful article. They want to be believed. They want to, people to understand that this is a real condition. Um, and I think we're moving towards that. Certainly it's a lot more positive than maybe it was 10 years ago. So so that has, that's, we're making steps in that area. So I once people start being believed, there will be a push for better, both better treatment and better diagnosis, and that's the stage we need to get to. The treatment has to be suitable for the condition, and in order to do that, we need to do the research. But I really, I mean, I, I am positive about this, but 
by continuing to put pressure, not just in government, but also in journalists and, and also just in the general public, by continuing to get that message out, there will be really a, a, a desire to carry out the research that is required. Well, listen, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, I know many people, myself included, genuinely appreciate it. Uh, and Carol, in amongst your mad crazy week, thank you for finding the time to join me on the ME Show. You're very welcome, Gary. It's been a pleasure. The ever-inspiring Carol Monaghan MP. Uh, you can find more about Carol's work and those links I promised you about the Rod Liddle article and also the interview on the Today programme on BBC Radio 4. They're in the show notes that come with this podcast. If you're listening to this in iTunes, thank you. Please make sure you subscribe and rate and review the podcast. It helps boost our visibility. And wherever you're listening, please share it with anybody who you think might like to listen always keen to spread the word and for now most of all thanks to you for listening to the emmy show